Evil dies tonight. Evil dies tonight. Evil di- No, no, I can't do this. No, done. Hi, Pennywise. Hi, Georgie. Blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. Come with me if you want to live. I know kung fu. Iron Man. Welcome, one and all, to the Road to Nowhere podcast. I'm your host, Andy Connor, and tonight I'm joined by Larry Reid. How are you, Larry? I'm good. How are you? And for the first time, Neil McCulloch. How's it going, Neil? I know, bad. Hiya, chaps. He's getting on. Ah, not bad. Good Thank stuff. you. We're uh, ready to get going tonight. Um, with <laughs> this being our last episode before the run-up to Halloween, what we're going to do tonight is have a wee chat about a horror movie we recommend. Might not necessarily be our, our favourite, um, but it's one that we would just recommend everyone checks out and that will be for the first part and then in part two we are going to put ourselves through a discussion of Halloween Kills the latest schlock fest from in the Michael Myers led franchise um, it, it wasn't fun but anyway we'll get on to that later <laughs> so <laughs> Have any of you actually just off the kind of off the cuff? But have any of you watched anything else? I watched uh, Lucio Fulci's The Beyond yesterday. Oh my god! Uh, as okay. kind of because I was going to talk about it on this podcast, um, <laughs> but then I kind of changed my mind to something else okay. because I felt that that being the middle chapter of his uh, Gates of Hell trilogy. The Gates of Hell trilogy should probably talk, be talked about as a whole. Okay, right. I, I would, I would recommend those films. Uh, mm-hmm. The Beyond is a fever dream of the the best type. Right. It's so good. Yeah, it's, it's so so good. Right. I know of Filchi, but I genuinely never seen any of his movies. I know it should be a kind of a horror. There's a there's a good run of about four. Which stand out, and yeah. then there's there's uh, there's probably a handful which are bad, but are also really interesting to watch, just because yeah. they do absolute nonsense stuff. Like there's a film he's got called Manhattan Baby, which isn't a good film, but there's an amazing scene where a guy gets mauled by a bird, and it's the fakest looking bird you'll ever see. <laughs> it's worth it's worth it just for that. Yeah. Um, is Fulci is that a Jawa? Movies, spoke to you, yeah, kind of uh, a little bit. It's like he, was... start, he start, started out with Zombie Flesh Eaters, yeah, which, right, okay, which okay. is a kind of unofficial sequel to Night of the Living Dead. Aye. Um, and then he did he'd get his Gates of Hell trilogy, which is very kind of Lovecraftian, right, and okay. then it's it's all over the place. <laughs> Aye, it's <laughs> oh, interesting. Now, we definitely need to check that out, as I said. Uh, I know the name, but it's another one I've actually managed to to get round to. There's just there's, there's that much you try to catch up on, mm-hmm. isn't there? Yeah. Um, Larry, what about yourself? Anything, anything interesting you've seen? I'm interesting, not... I said well, as well. Apart, what, what apart from Halloween, <laughs> <laughs> um, I've just been watching um, Midnight Mass. 
Um, which is which is which I which the trailer does not show what it's about. I won't go any spoilers, no. but it's is very different than what the trailer purports it to be. Mm. It kind of had this sort of um there's a film that came out maybe last year, I think it was Apostle on Netflix. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Dan, Dan yeah. Stevens. Yeah. Dan Stevens and uh, Michael Sheen. Michael Sheen. I thought it had that kind of same vibe, but it's it's not that. <laughs> it's no. very different and interesting. Is is like I was like, oh, it's, it's gone that way, but um, yeah, they've gone for a, a very obvious young people in OPS and makeup thing, where it just you go, <laughs> well, I can see this a mile away, but it's it's still entertaining. It's still fun. It's still like Aye. quite kind of um, still has enough kind of jump scares and creepy moments to be. Is enjoyable. I didn't. I didn't watch a lot of Hill House or um, the other one. I completely forgot. By Manor. By Manor, but mm. this this one I really liked. I really thought it was cool. A lot of people are not really liking it, but it's, I'm enjoying it. It's really good. I've uh, I finished that a couple of weeks ago. I think I binged it in a couple of days. I absolutely loved it. Genuinely, like I've got a lot of time for what Mike Flanagan does, and mm. I loved Hill House. I enjoyed Bly Manor, but it was a lot different, and it wasn't. I think it didn't get as good right, uh, good reviews as Hill House because people were expecting kind of balls to the wall scares, ghost story, yeah. um, haunted house style thing. And Bly Manor was a bit more, was a bit similar to Midnight Mass in which it was a bit, it, there was more emotion about it than maybe Hill House had, and there was a bit more of a kind of romantic quality to it. Um, but yeah, Midnight Mass I think is the best thing he's done. And that's saying, including the movies and a lot of like Gerald's Game, Hush. Um, absolutely love Doctor Sleep. I think he done a great job of that. Um, melding the the book with the the um, Kubrick shining and managing to make a movie that apparently the Kubrick household loved and Stephen King loved, which is no mean feat considering he hates the shining. But yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I haven't. I, I've never some of his earlier stuff I've not seen, but yeah, I, I think Mike Flanagan's a he's the kind of go-to horror guy at the minute. Yeah, I really enjoyed it's Hush when I watched it. I've really enjoyed that. Mm. It was yeah. creepy and Aye. it's good. He's got like, a kind of a through line as well of like of of um, actors he wants to use and stuff, which is good. I like. Mm. I kind of like that. It's like it's sort of he's, he's sort of becoming the new Ryan Murphy a little bit in terms of yeah, um, having that same sort of actor kind of stable. Mm. Then moving them in a different, but actually being good and not doing not right horrible, much. horrible Bowie covers or like Nirvana covers halfway through. I found a show about fake shows. Weird. Myself, I've not really watched much uh, the past couple of weeks after Halloween. I've been trying to do one a month sort of horror over the, the whole of October. And I've watched a, I have watched a few, but. Not as I've not managed to get one a month. I've said there. <laughs> I've not watched a huge amount. But say, I've, got, uh, <laughs> I've tried to do like a one a day, so I've done like a rewatch of Scream. Um, yeah, all four of them, which is enjoyable enough to put to sit down. If anyone's interested in my ranking, it's two, one, four, three. Um, that seems correct. Aye, aye. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I watched Resolution and the Endless. Which were both kind of. I enjoyed. I enjoyed the endless. Uh, that, that film was a good time. Have you seen Resolution? No, not yet. Yeah. So Resolution is the f- first one, 
Mm. So they're kind kind of soft sequel. The Endless is like a soft sequel, and you'll know the two guys in the cabin from the Aye. Endless. Have you seen it, Larry? No, I've not seen it yet. No, no, no. no but I've, I've always so, wanted to watch it. They're really good. So the two guys in the cabin in the Endless. This isn't really giving it much away. Are the protagonist for the first movie? Yeah. So it's kind of linked that way. They were great. I absolutely loved them. Um, I watched the the new VHS, which was awful. Really? I absolutely hated it. That's the fourth one now, and I don't think I've enjoyed one since the first. But I keep watching them, thinking maybe there'll be something good. But, you know, <laughs> it's kind of like when you kept watching Lost when it was near the end. If you'd done that, um, oh dear. American Mary, which is this weird body horror. American Mary's all right. I, it was that such, film was all right. Strange, yeah, strange movie. The Soska sisters, Soska sisters, uh, made uh, Raw. Did they make Raw? And uh, no, they made, they did Rabbit. Rabbit. Um, yeah, that was it was nasty, but uh, it was a good time. <laughs> Apart from that, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> so. What we're going to have now is we're going to go through just a wee recommendation each of a horror movie to watch in the lead up to Halloween. Um, Larry, what do you have for us? What is the one? And what if you want to give us just a wee explanation? If this is your favourite horror as well, or if it's just one you would recommend everyone to watch? Comfort well, I think it's I think it's a, a mixture mixture of both. I think it's one a film that you need, that is good for because it's not massively scary. It's not got some good humour in it. It's got great mm-hmm. special effects. And it actually had its birthday 36 years ago yesterday. Uh, it's Reanimator. Herbert West is at the top of his class in medical school. How can you teach such dribble? These people are here to learn and you're closing their minds before they even have a chance. What are He's you? brilliant, but a little weird. I've broken the 6 to 12 minute barrier. I've conquered brain death. His experiments have always been unorthodox. It was dead. But lately, they're getting out of hand. And he's just made a discovery that could wake up the dead. Herbert West has affected reanimation in dead animal tissue. What are you thinking? How do you feel? Once you wake up the dead, you've got a real mess on your hands. Herbert, you're insane! Now what happened? I had to kill him! He's dead? Not anymore. Herbert West brought a lot of dead people back to life, and not one of them showed any appreciation. H.P. Lovecraft's classic tale of horror, Reanimator. Mr. West. You'll never get credit for my discovery. Who's going to believe a talking head get a job in a sideshow? Scare you to pieces. A fantastic film. 
Mm-hmm. For a while since I've seen that, actually. Mm-hmm. I need to watch that soon. That's Cronenberg, is that Cronenberg? Yeah. No, it's Stuart Gordon. Oh, I've just made an absolute ass myself. <laughs> <laughs> Barbara, Barbara Crampton. Barbara Crampton, yeah. Jeffrey Combs. Redeemed uh, <laughs> just, a, just a lovely, splattery, gory movie. Lots of wet puppets, which is my thing. Have a nice Brian Usner producing um, Who Made Society, which is fucking bananas. Yeah, uh, yeah I've seen that. Uh, I've seen People's that. People's coming out of people's arseholes and stuff like that. That's really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's just a, just, a, just, a, just a really fun movie. It's got it's got some sort of weird sort of Sam Raimi sort of funny bits in it with the cat <laughs> in the dark, which I love. Um, but it's just, it's just a really fun movie. I, I watched for the first time about maybe 11 years ago maybe I've seen it for the first time I've kind of known about it as a sort of thing um, I've got to see it on a, I've gotten to see it on a midnight screen like kind of a marathon thing but mm-hmm. down to Grosvenor in, in Glasgow and I just fell in love with it just I've, I've watched it so many times since now it's just it's kind of one of my go-to movies at Halloween to, to watch and enjoy and you can take a lot from it and you, it's just still funny it's still still Makes me happy at the best. <laughs> Still makes me feel weird when that he's carrying his head around, severed head, and he's trying to put it in Barbara Cranton. That's um, still well, OTT as as ever have been. <laughs> that that scene, anytime it comes on, it still kind of messes with my head because I keep thinking of uh, Futurama where uh, Spiru Agnew is carrying about Richard Nixon's head in the jar, but, Sp- <laughs> but Spiru Agnew doesn't have a head. So it's, it's, it's a lot of similarities to it. <laughs> it, had a, it had a sequel as well, didn't it? Was it Bride of Reanimator? It's got two, two, two sequels. sequels. Right, okay. Bride of Reanimator and Beyond Reanimator. Both are both are excellent. Bride of Reanimator I actually really like because it's, it's, it's just as equally daft. Mm-hmm. They're all, all three of them are fucking equally daft. It's, it's, they're all equally, equally good. It's Beyond the one that's set in a jail. Yes, Beyond the one set in a jail. Right. Yeah. Yeah, um, Bride, Bride's really good. I would I would suggest you if you've got time, I would say watch all three because all three are, are really fun movies. But mm-hmm. the anime are just it's always fun, as well as a lot of the Gordon movies are. You know, like from Beyond Robot Jocks was a big film when I was a when I was a kid. Because I loved Robot Jocks. I, I recently I watched that during the first lockdown for the first time <laughs> and that that was a movie i, I thoroughly that's, enjoyed, that's, I thoroughly enjoyed that film it's, uh, it's, it's very daft and very like it's like it's like the rocky of weirdly badly animated robot movies yeah it's like if gundam <laughs> if gundam wing met mortal kombat if pacific rim had no fucking budget yeah <laughs> That's pretty much what it is. Uh, but I would, I would suggest going to see it. And there's a film mm-hmm. called Crash and Burn as well, which is kind of similar. Right. Um, but it's, yeah, Reanimator, you need to watch it. It's amazing. But I actually found this a relatively hard task, just to choose <laughs> just to choose one. So, so I'm going to give you 1990s Clive Barker's Nightbreed. Ooh. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm just going to... See, you should probably you should probably watch that if you ever want. If you ever wanted to see an X Men film about the Morlocks, it, and the Morlocks is actually an allegory for uh, queer existence, that's your movie. It's a belter. 
However, I am going to talk about 1968's The Devil Rides Out. Ricks, do you believe in evil as an idea? Do you believe in the power of darkness as a superstition? Now, there you are wrong. The power of darkness is more than just a superstition. It is a living force which can be tapped at any given moment of the night. Why, on one night of one year, should these people live in mortal fear? who knows he must fight the devil's power to the death. Oh, my God. Don't look at the eyes, Rex! Eyes, eyes, once filled with love, are consumed with fear. For Tanith is now promised to the devil. Listen carefully to what I say. This is Makata, the devil's chief disciple. Your will is leaving you, slipping away. The Devil Rides Out, from bestseller author Dennis Wheatley's famous novel, fills the screen with a special kind of visual terror. All your feet quickly! Back to back! Join hands! You will hear his evil. You will feel his evil. You will see his evil. If we once catch sight of his face. Right. Uh, the Devil Rides Out, based on uh, the book of the same name, written by kind of famous British horror author Dennis Wheatley. Um, it's got a script by Richard Matheson, who wrote I Am Legend. Mm, right, okay. uh, it's directed by Hammer Horror stalwart Terence Fisher, who did the original Dracula, mm-hmm. uh, Curse of Frankenstein, The Mummy, so it's got a lot of pedigree in it. So good. Christopher, Christopher Lee plays the good guy, even though he looks like a total <laughs> villain. And <laughs> I suppose in certain contexts, modern in the modern day, probably is a villain. Yeah. Uh, you've got Charles Gray playing the baddie, Mokata. Uh, if you don't know Charles Gray, he was Blofeld and Diamonds Are Forever, and he was the criminologist in the Rock Horror Picture Show. Uh, and then you've got a guy called Leon Green, who is a nothing, absolutely nothing. <laughs> he's some jobber actor, and he's like uh, Christopher Lee's sidekick. And the film... Uh, the kind of elevator pitch for this film is what if Downton Abbey had a subplot about Satanists? It's probably one of the most British upper-class horror films you'll ever see because the whole story is 
the Christopher, play, Christopher Lee plays this guy called uh, Duke de Richelieu, who is he come, he's, it's all about the aristocracy. So he's an aristocrat. He's a guy who's world, world traveled. He knows a lot about the occult for some undisclosed reason. And he hears about his other rich pal's son having a party. So he goes around. There's all these occult stuff on the wall, kind of symbols. All these pals are talking about uh, kind of occultish things. So Christopher Lee kicks off. goes, here, mate, can I be doing this? You're a good guy. Don't want to get messed up in this. Guy gets messed up in it. Devil worshipping happens. They go to the countryside to get away from the devil worshipping. Uh, the devil worshipping's happening in the countryside because apparently <laughs> posh people have big houses in the countryside outside of London. Um, it's, I think if you, some people, if they were, if you're not used to watching like Hammer horror films or films from the sixties of that kind of style of horror, it would probably be quite dry. But it's hilarious. It's it's actually funny in places. <laughs> Intentionally, and, or just no, no, <laughs> no. Just because when when you view it for the modern eye, it is just like watching Downton Abbey. It's it follows. It's it's that level of aristocracy. Like they go. They take. Um, like Macato's got a got a new person he's going to initiate into his coven. Um, so Christopher Lee and his pal essentially kidnap her to try to stop this from happening. So they take him to uh, his pal's house, which is in the countryside, and it's this big mansion thing, this kind of Victorian mansion. And the the whole thing about it is that they, the way they deal with it is they, they just put her in a room and they just go about their day. And it's all... And, like, Macato comes around the house and it's all prim and proper and, you're, and they sit down, they're going to have a cup of tea, but then he does devil stuff. And, <laughs> and it just like, like sorry for spoilers from a film from 1968, but there's, a, <laughs> there's an actual there's an actual scene where the devil appears, and it's just this oh, guy, just this goat headed guy, and it's, it's it's nonsense, but in a really good way. Um, Would you say is it a good gateway for Hammer, or is it one of the more kind of? I think I think if this was to be your first hammer, it pro- it probably is a decent enough gateway. Mm. I think a lot of people when they think of hammer, they immediately just go to like your Christopher Lee Dracula films. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah that's so that is probably your best gateway as long as you watch the first or the second one and dingy the rest of them. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, th- th- this is a good start. It's a good start for that kind of horror. Like you could go from the Devil Rides Out to like. The abominable Doctor Fibes, no problem, and mm-hmm. that would make sense as a through line. Yeah. So, it's, yeah, I, I highly recommend it. I think it's also quite a good gateway if you were to go back to the old Universal horror films mm-hmm. and and certainly horror from that era, because um, a lot of that's quite stilted stage acting, and it's always about people in the aristocracy. Yeah. Like it's not it's the people the people in the plebs in those films are always like pitchfork wielding maniacs. So <laughs> <it's>... <laughs> uh, just what you're talking about with someone was it taking over a what did you say like taking over a doll there, Larry? Yeah, well, so it's basically the dead of night. There's a it's a kind of it's like one it's a very very early sort of um what can I call it not movie I was getting montage movie but. 
it's just a diff- different stories all set in this house. Yeah. Everybody's kind of stuck in this house and all tell a different sort of kind of ghost story. And um, there's one one scene where it's about this kind of puppeteer, almost like where, like just like, kind of like Pee like Wee Herman here. Kind of like Pee Wee, eh? me. And basically, a bit like the film Magic with Aunt, Andy Hopkins. Mm-hmm. And then he comes, yeah. Um, it's just about this this doll and it's controlling him. He ends up in jail and he's goes mad because this doll's like murdering people and talking mm-hmm. to him like out with him, talking through it basically. So nice. it's it's a, a very daft movie. I'm pretty sure it's on like YouTube and for free, but it's it's off watching if you like those kind of like daft stiff upper lip British horror movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, that's two episodes now and. Pee Wee Herman's as I mentioned in both. So I can feel a spoiler <laughs> special coming on for Pee Wee's yes. Big Adventure. <laughs> it's all, all it's my excellent. massive plan. Aye, that's what it is. It's just subliminal messaging, <laughs> but it's not very subliminal because no. it's fucking massive. <laughs> <laughs> for myself, I feel like a bit of a, a nomad with this. I'm going quite modern. And I was torn between two. I have my two favourite horror movies are interchangeable, like depending on what day you ask me, it's one or the other um, so for what I'm going to recommend is 2008 Rec Muy buenas noches, les habla Ángela Vidal Hoy vamos a acompañar a una patrulla de bomberos en su recorrido nocturno por las calles de nuestra ciudad Voy. Estamos eh, frente a la puerta de la casa en la cual parece ser que una vecina ha tenido algún problema. Dice... ¡Ah! Señora, ¿qué la está bien? Sí, sí. Le hablo a la policía. Dejar de grabar. Ya. Sí. 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 Muy bien. Es un genio. Muy bien. I'm a huge fan of found footage. Um, I was just talking earlier on, like paranormal activity scares the shit out of me. Um, Blair, all the way back to Blair Witch, and then even your kind of lesser, lesser quality found footage movies in like Hell House LLC that you find on Prime. Yeah, which I just I just find found footage <laughs> a great laugh. <clears throat> Wreck is one that, even though I know what's coming, even though I know everything that's happening, and it still gets me. 
it's so brutal. And Wreck is basically it's a Spanish horror movie set in Barcelona. A news crew are following a group of firefighters on their kind of patrol during the night and they get called to a, a set of flats in the in the town and an infection has started kind of running rife uh, throughout the um, the close and they get locked in. And that is essentially the premise. As you can guess with it being an infection, <clears throat> it's zombies yeah, question mark, on. kind of. Question mark. Yeah, it's, it's a 28 um, days later style of zombies. Yeah, yeah. Aye. Fast. And, and even then, after that, it just goes to other places. Yeah. Zombies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, you can, um, from the off, I mean, it's only 75 minutes long, maybe 80 minutes. And it's really quick. It's punchy. It starts off with your, your antagonist, uh, your protagonist, who's she's the most annoying news reporter ever. The most annoying person. <laughs> she's a she's a real life news reporter as well. Really? Yeah, She was she uh, was specifically chosen because she's a real life television presenter. So she was naturally a pain in the ass. Then. <laughs> 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 Just how, how she done. That's a cool. Um, that's a cool wrinkle. Mm, did not know that. And it all kicks off when they go into a house and there's an old woman who is infected and runs at them. It's the, old, it's the classic thing, running zombies, or classic thing, now classic because they're yeah. 20 years old or whatever. Um, zombies that run. Um, and it's essentially them just trying to survive. Not even the night. I mean, I think it's, it's kind of all done in real time, isn't it? So yeah, because it, yeah. yeah, because the sequel just carries directly on. It's still nighttime yeah. when that happens. Yeah. I, yeah, carries on directly from it. Um, the couple of great scenes um, when you first find out where the infection has possibly started, which is from a dog, um, and then the wee daughter just vomits on her mum and bites her and then runs away. Oh, that bad, yeah. <laughs> great. And then the when they're looking up in the loft, um, and it's a small child just jumps out at the camera. It's got a lot of jump scares. Um, a lot of violence. It's quite a violent movie. Mm, it's mm. great. Um, and I mean, you're not particularly rooting for anyone to get out of it at the end, but you're just kind of along for the ride the way they are going through it. And it's just so visceral. It's so nasty. It's tense all the way through. You don't let up for the whole thing. Mm. Um, and then the end, and I'm not going to give away, but the, the kind of last 10 minutes is goes I mean the whole movie goes from 11 in terms of tension and noise and violence down to like one for the last 10 minutes where it's just quiet and um not subtle at all but it's just it's yeah it changes it's it's kind of level of intensity massively yeah. near the end um I think a good a good thing which helped uh, create that attention is uh, the actors weren't ever given the script in its entirety. So at no, so at no point did anyone ever know their character's fate until mm. they're actually there filming. That's amazing. <laughs> so they were basically given their own jump scare. Yeah. That's excellent. Aye. So I mean, a lot, the, a lot uh, of that tension is kind of a real kind of tension. Mm, mm. Yeah. 
And I think just now as well, obviously we've been in whatever sort of lockdown and everything. It just feels a bit more kind of prescient. Yeah. Having that, like a virus that's causing issues mm. when you kind of leave your house. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not like contagion levels of reality or anything, but it's, uh, yeah, it's certainly... I watched it recently again. I watch it once or twice a year just because I absolutely love it so much. Um, yeah. And I don't, know, I don't know what you guys think about it. In terms oh, of no, I think it's brilliant. Standing. It's so good. Yeah. I was actually yeah, going gonna, to recommend that myself. But I thought, right, okay. I just in the, in the last bit, I was like, no, well, and then obviously we ran away yesterday. I was like, no, that's, so it just wins out. But Wreck is just an amazing film. Yeah. Just as like you say, it, there's not an ounce of fat on it. It just is no. really paced really well. There's no mm-hmm. there's no drag in, there's no kind of boring bits in it. It's all kind of bits are kind of just it kind of keeps going and going and going. And yeah. just when you think it's kind of it's settled in a little bit, it goes amps back up again. And it goes mm-hmm. for the minute that body falls on the floor, Aye. it just like Aye. go, 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 go. And it's like just that's I just love it. And that concludes part one. Now we go on. The part two. And we are going to discuss everyone's favourite uh, Halloween movie of the past um, seven days. Halloween Kills. Hey, what are you guys doing out here? It's Halloween. We've been trick-or-treating. Are you alone? There's a creepy man in a white mask. Where? And he keeps, like, trying to play hide-and-seek with us. Where did you see him? Look! Run! Go home now! set the fire. No one told you. <gasps> told me what? Michael Myers is alive. A man couldn't have survived that fire. Forty years ago, the boogeyman came for us. We are the survivors of Michael Myers. Lori, what do we do? We fight. Mom, our family. We'll kill him. We're gonna hunt him down and we're gonna put an end to this. He is not gonna stop killing until we stop him. If you track Michael's victims, that's a straight line to Michael's childhood home. Someone's in our house. He is coming for me, but I'm coming for him. Comfortable. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. So Halloween kills. 
takes takes place directly after the ending of Halloween 2018, the David Gordon Green and yes. Danny McBride uh, vehicle. Um, Michael is not dead, funnily enough. Following on for a sequel that isn't starting the season of the witch. Um, and <laughs> we are told that it's for me the way it was advertised it was going to be Laurie was leading a hunt against Michael and we'll get into that we'll all be going <laughs> Michael's not dead shit's going down in Haddonfield and shit is shit um, is basically the best way to describe it mm-hmm. we're going to go into spoiler details on this from beginning to end uh, of the movie but I'll give a heads up on that what I'd like to ask you first, and feel free to come in first whoever wants to, is what was your thoughts on the 2018 Halloween? I enjoyed it. Uh, I thought it was a, a very good return to that franchise, considering the sequels that had come before it and how they'd kind of killed that franchise by the time H2O came around. Um it's not a film without its kind of issues. I think it's it takes a long it takes a while to get going. The um, the psychiatrist heel turn is kind of nonsense. Um, and any time that it's it's uh, Laurie's granddaughter's boyfriend and her pals, that stuff kind of drags a wee bit. Yeah. Mm, yeah. But o- overall, I think it is. A very good film and especially because when I first heard that it was Danny McBride was, was one of the writers on it mm-hmm. yeah. I was kind of <laughs> worried for it fair enough Halloween Kills is that film but <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I think uh, that Halloween 2018 is the second best of that franchise uh, yeah I'll agree with you 100% on that um, it made Michael feel scary again yeah for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it made him intimidating it made him a kind of maybe not a force to be reckoned with but certainly a a, a kind of he goes back to being the shape yeah he goes back he's, he he's back to being just a soulless human who is pure evil rather than some preordained supernatural creature yeah, which yeah. is what he'd become. Aye. Larry, what about yourself? What was your thoughts on the, the 2018 one? Um, I wasn't as much of a fan of it. I think I've got this kind of big problem with like I think once you get to a certain number of tries at making a franchise work, you can have to kind of stop beating the dead horse and like Neil said, Halloween kills is that movie. Um because they just <laughs> I thought that I thought like there was a bit on I think 2018 when I was like in that film I was like okay I'm kind of on board as kind of it looks good the acting it does take a wee bit to get get going but I thought once once the once the psychiatrist does that does that heel turn I thought well this is going to go something different this is going to go something quite interesting here mm-hmm. it just doesn't do that yeah I thought it, I mean obviously if you're not you've not seen it then I'm going to completely spoil it but. Um, Spoiler alert! I, I thought a, a more interesting take would would have been is having your sort of ginger haired guy at the beginning, 
the guy seen the trailer with the holding the mask out in the in the sort of prison um or the mental hospital kind of um yard. And they kept him in, in it, and he was uh, obviously this guy who was obsessed with Michael Myers and you kill Michael, but you get this guy now, and then you can continue it that way. Have like mm-hmm. a, a, a sort of new guy takes on the mantle, sort of thing. Like a copycat um, type thing. Like a copycat thing. Like, yeah, that would, be, that would have been an interesting take. Well, they, didn't they already do that in one of the previous sequels? Is that not part of. Oh, no. Sorry. I was the 13th. That was it. That was a YouTube video I watched about uh, unmade. <laughs> uh, it was about un, it was about unmade Halloween sequels, and one of the unmade Halloween sequels it was going to be a copycat, while yeah. Michael was also out there killing people. Yeah, uh, they did. They did also the thirteen part uh, five, maybe four, five. Yeah, five. Yeah, I think five because they had like obviously one of the one of the dads be be, be, be Jason at that point. Freddy, fucking hell, Jason at that point. But I think just now. Uh, because they didn't do that, because they didn't, they didn't do what I wanted them to do in 2018, <laughs> um, I thought it was shit. Now, I'm just saying, like, I think it was, it could have had a sort of chance, like that, that moment to go, right, we can go down this fucking road and do something different. Um, kill Michael off, but you can still have Halloween, those films, and yeah. then you still kind of carry on those next ones, so it kind of carries on. It's, you know, there's some, yeah. something new being Michael, I use that in inverted commas there. Um, I can I can see the studio being the people who would have balked at that in the same way yeah. that they balked at Season of the Witch and it becoming an anthology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, I think we... Um, Bloomhouse have a model and they want something that they know is going to make money, mm. but at the same time is not putting a lot. I mean, Halloween Kills, which we're going to go on to, has already made ten times its budget, like because it's a five million pound budget. But that's what mm. they do. They make five million. That's your maximum is five million pound movies. Yeah, no, no. Halloween kills looks it. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, aye, for me, twenty eighteen. I think I think twenty eighteen would have been a perfect standalone sequel to Halloween. Yeah, yeah. That that should that should have been the him. end. Mm-hmm. You end it with him dying in the cellar. As he's trapped, and then that would be it. But we all—I think we knew before even 2018 that um, kills and ends. I think even they already had their names. Ah, it was always announced. Sure. It was always announced a trilogy. As a trilogy, yeah. yeah. And it—I mean, it could have been good. Um, maybe three will, but ends might be. But um, kills certainly um, is up for debate as yet. Um, yeah. I had, a, I had a great time in 2018. Um, it's the first time. I mean, we had a, a <clears throat> H2O was fine as a slasher movie, but it was the least intimidating Michael Myers I've ever seen in any movie. The scary, skinny wee guy. The scary, the scariest thing in H2O was Josh Hartnett's haircut. Yeah, <laughs> <I>, Just <laughs> got out of bed and he didn't bother like showering. And they had that in the faculty as well. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's all weird, like sort of like bowl cut, almost like aye, a bowl cut with a kind of spiky bit at the back. Yeah, aye, but yeah, it's yeah. it's all choppy at the sides. <laughs> it's called a it's called a H two wasn't a good um, H <laughs> two wasn't a good Halloween movie. It was a it was a nineties Halloween movie, wasn't it? It was yeah. a really trying to be known and 
Yeah, it's like falling from screaming and stuff like that. And like, oh, I know what I did last, last summer. It was that kind yeah, of. Well, is it not written by Kevin Williamson? I'll tell you that, but I, I feel that Kevin Williamson wrote H2O. So, I think what the, the good thing that uh, 2018 done was, at the time I thought it was good, but now I think it causes possible issues, is the whole Laurie is Michael's sister was scrapped, basically. Um, so I'll... you find out in Halloween 2 that Laurie is Michael's sister, and then that's why he's after her type of thing. Um, and I liked that at the time. Now, leading into kills and leading into what people interpret, like, you go back and watch, if it leads on to the original Halloween, you go back and watch the original Halloween and Laurie has about 10 minutes interaction with Michael. So why yeah. would they have this obsession with him? And then it kind of gets explained a wee bit later in kills or gets brushed over and kills him not very well. Um, I think seeing the other sequels, like the the kind of early 90s sequels, did they not explain that she was like some kind of third cousin or something like that, that there's a familial connect connection? There's something like that, yeah. Yeah. I've seen them. I've been there when they've been on the telly. I've only really seen one, two, three... And then H2O onwards, including the Rob mm-hmm. Zombie nonsense. Um, but yeah, I mean, 2018 had made a good stab at bringing the guy back. And I think we were at a point where we'd not had a Freddy movie. Well, we did the last Freddy and Jason movies we'd had were the remakes, like just flat out remakes, mm-hmm. and they were really bad. It was done by. Yeah, the they're Platinum, terrible for Platinum Junes. Yeah. Platinum Junes. Yeah. Where Jason's like a, a, a weird like, Vietnam vet. And Freddy's just Freddy, but not as good. And so we were kind of thinking, oh, how are we going to go now? Oh, this is probably going to be along those lines. It's going to be a Michael Bay fucking shit fest. But it done really well, movie-wise and, and uh, box office-wise, it done great. So then you have your hopes, you have your dreams, and they get dashed. We're going to come on to that. Um, right now, can I just quietly correct myself that Kevin Williams uh-huh. did not write H2O, he was co executive producer with Harvey Weinstein. All oh, right, right, okay. So, so it was so, obviously uh, an <laughs> untroubled production, <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. Right. Halloween kills. We are going to do a brief description, a brief uh, discussion, sorry, um, of what we thought, and then we're going to go full in depth spoilers about. I'm just going to say why it was shit. Um, yes. I've been hyped for this movie for quite a while, having, as we already discussed, with 2018, and they massively dropped the ball on this. Like, it was so bad. It was ham acting from start to finish. It was poorly shot. It was terribly edited, I thought, as well. Um, there was just nothing redeeming about it. Um it makes a mockery of the kind of Laurie Strode arc, if you will. Um, the arc that seemed to set up in the first one, even. Eh, not the first one, sorry, the 2018. It just seems to have made a complete mess. And it, it feels like a middle movie mm. that they've not known what to do with. And 
maybe they'll be able to redeem it in, in Halloween ends. I'm unsure because I don't know what they can do now going forward. Um, Neil, what do you think? Um, yeah, this film was utter dog shit. Um, and I watched this really, really high, which I'm normally a lot softer on films when I'm like that. Mm. And I was with it for about right up until the title card. I was with it. And then it just went so far downhill so quickly. Um, acting was terrible. Uh, it felt cheap. It has this weird quality of it's like they did three takes of every scene and they just went, right, okay, we're going to go with that. No problem. Mm. Um, it's narratively absolutely turgid. The the script is terrible. The script is laughably terrible, and it's delivered. And a lot of those lines are delivered in like telenovela kind of stale melodrama. Mm-hmm. It's it's embarrassing for a, I I feel embarrassed for those actors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I, I agree. Yeah, it felt like a kind of like almost like a nineties soap opera at times. It, it, it felt like it felt like those kind of franchises, like Wrong Turn and things like that, where by the time you get to the fourth one of those, it's got zero budget. It's been made in like fourteen days, and they've just pulled in anyone off the street. At, and then it gets punted out on the sci-fi channel. It looked that bad. And just everything about it was was terrible. Aye, aye. Larry, you seem like you're in agreement. Absolutely. I, f- I think it was very reminiscent of Baywatch Nights, if you remember <laughs> that. Where, 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 where Mitch Buchanan fought vampires and shit like that. <laughs> Just, just That's right. terrible yes. sort of like. I, 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 I'll, I'll give it one, one thing that 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 I liked, but would not does not does not in any way shape or form shape, um, resolve the movie is is as gory as Michael killing people. So if you want to see mm-hmm. Michael killing people, uh, and doing his very best Jason Voorhees impression. Mm-hmm. Very interesting kills, which we'll get into in a moment as well. Um, it's, it's, it does that, and I've got to say that when Michael comes out, when the garage door opens and Michael's there, that's a that's a cool that's a cool moment. That's, an, that's a oh shit, here, here he is. It's that sting of that, and the door comes up. It's amazing, but that's it. It just it just goes slowly goes downhill from there. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like you said, Wolfie well, Laurie Strode, it just. They set her up to be such a badass in the first one, mm-hmm. and then she's just in, in a hospital bed for the whole whole movie. That's it. Yeah. Like, like she's she's up for about five, like all of two minutes, and she's yeah. bursts of stitches and back she's back in bed, Aye. and it's just it's it just it kind of peters off from there. I mean, I I'm not like you guys. I I, I wasn't looking forward to this one. I I had no interest in it. I I think once. They'd announced this film was going to come out, you know, way back last year, or even before then. I was like, "Why? I, the, Michael's dead. Aye. You put him. You you like put steel bars, burned the house down. He is on fire. How the fuck is he going to like? 
when he comes out, the boiler suit's absolutely fine. The, the mask is melted, but he's like, doesn't seem to be burnt or anything like that. I, I mm. Not that I noticed. It, it just seems yeah. to have like a wee bit of a melty, melty mask. They, they get him out and they just, he some, somehow he's become like fucking superhero now like oh, he's, a, he's an absolute beast in this yeah. like that, from that moment where he escapes the house and sorry that's at the start of the film so it's not really spoiling anything yeah um, they do they make him into this absolute monster of a guy yeah. and it's like it's, it is, it's just when you said it there he's more like Jason Voorhees yeah that is the, ver- the way that they've portrayed him in this film yeah. Well, even to the point where a lot of these kills, there's a there's a cruelty to a lot more of these kills now, which was never there before. There's a lot of kind of stuff which he's just been a dick about it, just to annoy people. Right. Um, we can talk about that a wee bit later. I remember spoiling. Yeah. Spoiling I stuff. think to be honest, I think we just go straight into them now. I think yeah. we just go straight to spoilers, so I'm going to just lead it with a wee bit of a run through the movie. So it opens up. From this point, sorry, I will say spoilers for every part that we are going to discuss and skip over. We will even mention it a wee bit. It opens with Cameron, who's Alison's boyfriend, the guy who was Bonnie, and the Bonnie and Clyde duet in Halloween 2018, finds that Hawkins, the police officer, is still alive. And he says, he has to die, he has to die, and I'm going to be the one that does it. And then we then cut to the 1978 flashback for probably, possibly the best part of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Front loads. If it puts the best part of the movie in the first five minutes. um, (laughs) Well, I I was was totally with the film Mm -hmm. during this, but I thought, all right, okay, this is better than I'd led to be believed. It looked yeah. good. There's a large, there's a few shots, and I've like, fuck, that looks so like how the, how the camera and the kind of the filters on the camera just looked yeah. gorgeous. That some points that it, it I think very I, very seventies, like very like. I, I think guess. a lot a lot of his budget is in that first yeah. 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, we get um yes we too, we get the nineteen seventy eight flashback. We get a rookie, um, Officer Hawkins, uh, who's chasing after Michael. Once he's had his spree in 1978, Michael bumps into character Lonnie, who becomes more prominent later in the movie. Decide, well, doesn't decide not to kill him. He's just being Michael. He's just... He then uh, returns home and is confronted by Hawkins and his partner. And Hawkins accidentally shoots his partner in the throat when Michael's got him in a kind of chokehold. Uh, we then get a kind of a, a, a slight view of Dr. Loomis um, and Michael walks out onto the street and that's him. Basically that's uh, Dave Gordon Green's alternate kind of lapse between Halloween and Halloween 2018. Whereas, so Michael does just try to go home and then gets caught and that's what kind of prelude um, not the worst CGI Loomis. No, that was I, I was I was quite convinced by that. Uh, uh, he's he's not actually CGI. He's fully um, makeup and everything. 
If you check it out on Instagram, it might have been David Gordon Green that shared it, but it's all uh, prosthetics. And, um, I just assumed I it was digitally done. No, no. That's, what I, that's what I thought. Cause I thought it was like kind of like a render of the face, like they did mm-hmm. with um, look at look in the Mandalorian kind of. Yeah, I know. I like I like the new I like the new opening theme. Like the soundtrack of this film is actually pretty good. Yeah, it's, 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 it's Carpenter. Like, yeah. So. It's Carpenter. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we get reintrodu- reintroduced, I suppose, to another character. I don't know. So it's Tommy Doyle was in the first movie. I know that. Is he also Paul Rudd? He's Paul Rudd. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, he's Anthony Michael Hall in this. <laughs> yeah. We get reintroduced to him, and we're given. His really shit stand-up routine. Oh man, let, <laughs> not one joke. Wasn't Dave Chappelle's last special? <laughs> I, I was literally coming Ooh. up with that part. <laughs> at that part, and there was such a buzzkill that I turned to uh, Ayla, who was with me, and said, "This guy's punchline better be killer." Or, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, the thing you about me, you know, like. Like even for a small town talent show, why would anybody have allowed that monologue to happen? Like as soon as he started, he should have been booed off. Yeah, if he was on exactly. Britain's Good Talent, he would have been like got all three X's there. Ah uh, no, it's a, to- it's a total sob story. He would have got yeah. through. Oh, I suppose <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah. He <laughs> would have knew Susan Boyle. No, I mean, this really. movie has so much exposition. I mean, even in the seventy-eight flashbacks, it's like Michael Myers. Michael Myers, who? Oh, he's this guy. He's just killed someone. We're trying to find him. He's killed three babysitters. Or saying to the kids in the street. Yeah. He just killed three people. Get your ass home now. Um, well, I pre- he's obviously got his own exposition. And and then you also know he's going to be such a fucking pain in the ass with that story every Halloween to mm. everyone he meets. He's going to be sitting in that bar. So I never told you about the time that I survived Michael Myers. But yeah, Tommy, come on to fuck man, we've heard yeah. this so many times. Sit down. Well, like, I, pre- I appreciate I appreciate that it's it's a middle it's a middle film of a trilogy mm-hmm. and they've got to try and do something a wee bit different. And that's why I think like the whole Loris Road only been in it for maybe twenty minutes at most didn't really didn't really annoy me because I think if they just made another oh here's Loris Road getting chased about and having to fight Michael you're not you're not trying to do anything different. So then yeah. Yeah, by the time by the time your third one comes along, you don't care. I mean, mm. I don't care, barely care now. Having seen <laughs> Halloween kills. But I can I can kind of applaud it for trying to make it more trying to show you more of the aftermath of of how a Michael affects the psyche of a town after something like yeah. that. Okay. Right. But then I also have to kind of take that applause back when that just boils down to, oh, what if MAGA chuds were right? <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and liberals just let them do what they want. Yeah. <laughs> it comes to the fire crew massacre, and this is the scene that everyone's seen in the trailers. Michael stepping out of the house while it's a blaze. I'll, I'll also that, give it as due, as he walks out of that house, that, that does cool. look pretty cool. Yeah, that is... That is a part, so the opening is probably the best part of the movie. The, him leaving his flaming, or Laurie's flaming house is the best looking scene where he's standing yeah. with the kind of pickaxe. <laughs> so he basically gets out because a fireman falls through the floor is essentially how he escapes, which, yeah, okay. 
this fireman massacre scene I thought was so terribly shot. I don't need to see everything from the view of someone who's already dead through a smashed visor. So much of it was through that one point of view and it felt just like a waste and then it cut off. I think they linger with that point of view because what it's it goes back to the whole how does this how does it affect the people around it that you're supposed to be seeing you're supposed to be seeing it from the victim's point of view mm. meaning the kind of the whole film is you're supposed to be kind of understanding how the victims would feel about this mm. yeah of course so. and so he, 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 I suppose that's also why you get like the scenes uh, where he stabs that couple like where the, he does the woman with the light tube. Yeah, and uh, murders other guy by kind of, by kind of pinning them to the table, and also that's the scene I'm talking about. How he, a lot of these kills are actually quite dicky because he yeah. just he lingers on doing it while she's actually still alive, and then yeah. doesn't kill her. He just leaves her to watch yeah. that guy slowly dying on that table, mm-hmm. um, and yeah. the <laughs> angle of it is pretty much her side kind of angle. So you're yeah. also the voyeur of that. So you're supposed to take on the victim experience of every kill. Aye. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, but that was the next one I was going to go into. So Laurie goes for surgery, but then we get the, the murder of what are essentially Laurie's neighbours, and that's probably the most brutal one in the, in the whole movie, I think, because it does seem senseless more than what you... I said senseless, what you know Michael would be, but... Not necessarily, because yeah. really, it could have just worked away. Mm-hmm. Especially so when you find out later on his plan, which we'll get to, but or not his plan, but his kind of route of travel. It's just, um, yeah, he, he smashes a, a halogen light, isn't it? And stabs yeah. her through the throat with it, but lets her bleed out while he's already, Chelsea smiled her husband, and then is picking knives out from the knife block and just putting them one at a time into his back. It's and, it's the way that he does it, it's very calculated. Yeah, like because he because he pulls in he pulls a knife out, he stops, he kind of looks about and chooses a place. Mm-hmm. And then in every knife he puts in he does that. It's yeah. as if like through his time living in the asylum that he's he's now become a master of human anatomy. I I don't know how how you feel about kind of political talk on your show but it's very hard to not it's very hard to get away from this film's politics because they're so blatantly in your face like it's it's a very centrist film and that it gives both sides moments of uh look at these idiots the the other side will get the job done or no the other side's failed We'll get yeah. the job done. Oh no, we all have to come together. It's all about unity. Yes, but yes, yes. Going back the way that current Hollywood is, it's it's understandable that they have that kind of stuff in it. Mm-hmm. But nothing that this film does lands. Everything is just so heavy-handed. There's no subtlety or nuance to it. Which mm-hmm. it's a Halloween film, so you're not exactly expecting subtlety and nuance. But this is so just there on the surface level with no real kind of validating reasons for why you might want to kind of spell it out to you. Yeah, it yeah. does. It, spell, it spells it out yeah. to you. 
Yeah. Aye. Alison, Laurie's granddaughter, joins the mob in the hospital. She she's Kyle. got some she's got some great lines. <laughs> tall tall action movie badass lines. Aye. Aye. Is they're setting her up possibly for a big part in the third one, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Well, Karen's convinced that Michael's still after her mum. No, we need to stay here. Michael's after my mum. And it gets explained that, and Hawkins explains it. He says, this isn't about you. He's going home. This is what he's wanting to do. Okay, right. If that's the way you want to go with it. This is where we end up with the the hospital chase scene where they are clearly chasing after the wrong guy. Okay, paranoia has set in. But Michael's walking about with a boiler suit and a white mask on. And they pick this one guy who's the other escape escapee from uh, the crash bus in 2018 Halloween. Oh, do you, do you mean Frank Reynolds she's... from It's Always Unsunny in Philadelphia? Is that who? <laughs> uh, uh, die, just die, just die, die the, the just uh, Bobo die the veto. Like just <laughs> this guy's about like five foot nothing. As I thought, is that Michael Myers? I'm pretty sure he's, he's normally about six or seven foot, but never sure that like a wee kind of baldy clown from Spawn. It's just, it's definitely John Leguizamo from Spawn. Let's just chase after him. Just, it's just, just so, like, so like stupid. They just, they, they, yeah, like I know they've gone through paranoia and they've obviously know this guy's got off of that that bus, but it shows you the two people that have escaped on the news. It shows you two people have escaped from the bus. There's the really short guy who looks as if he. Just has absolutely no chance in a 50-50 way, like pinky in the brain. And then you've got this hulking badass, as you've said, who has a scar over his eye. <laughs> and they just go... It's like, it's, like, it's like the difference between maybe Arnold Schwarzenegger versus Paul Giamatti. <laughs> it's like they've went after the characters for Junior and got the wrong guy. And that's, that's meant to be like a... Like you've you've gone too far now. You need to stop and just let it, let the people, the proper people deal with it. But like, yeah, we could learn a lesson right now. And I know this point is a part of me where we should learn a lesson. But what if we all just continued being an angry mob and went after Michael Myers anyway? Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that instead. Mm-hmm. Fuck the fuck the message. Aye. I mean, I've kind of jumped ahead a wee bit, but we also missed out the first chant. Of oh, that I, I laughed out. I laughed out loud at that, but it's so, it's so that daft. was hilarious. This is where you're getting. It almost feels like David Lynch is directing this as part of the middle part of Twin Peaks season two, <laughs> where it's really shit. Yeah, but it's yeah. still soap opera, and you got all these just random like housewives, evil dice tonight. Uh, that that, by... that was a, that was a moment where. You knew there was ne- it was never ever going to come past that point of no return in terms of subtlety and nuance. That that was yeah. where it was always going to go. And then, yeah, so the evil dice tonight chant leads to uh, a vulnerable mental patient throwing himself out a window. Um, and then we also get Tommy sitting by Laurie's bedside and Jamie Lee Curtis and another Hammy. She's she's really bad in this as well. Yeah, but I don't know if that's just the script in the direction. I, th- I think I think it's the script and Aye. we always just choosing bad pieces. Aye, we always fight. She says as they're told to hunt down Michael, but yeah. Um, 
we then also at these points have the park murders and I was going to ask at the end of this what is your dumbest kill of this movie but I'll ask you for two words to describe the dumbest kill in this movie Who do it together? Let's all together, um, let's be fun right. to... One, I'm, I'm trying two. to think what is the dumbest kill Oh no, right, okay so Oh right, okay, back. okay yes, right. Yeah. So okay. Two words, two words, right one, two, three. Car, car door. car door. Yeah, car door. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't even work. <laughs> yeah. No, lo- I mean, no logical. A... Why would she still pull the trigger? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh fuck! <laughs> I just made an ass of me here. I'm just going to kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, the actual scene in the car is kind of reminiscent to the start of the first movie where he mm. jumps on top. And that was quite intense, and the death. Well, the that, death that, that, that's an intentional because one of the characters that's in the car is the nurse from that. Yeah, nurse from the first one. <laughs> yeah, and kill the the, the the death of the boyfriend is quite brutal, where he's yeah. just kind of spasming and things like that. But is that the knife in the eye? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's pretty brutal. See the nurse. Does she get her scalp ripped off? I never noticed. I think she gets a big bit of her hair pulled off at a, one point. Yeah, right. It's just a big bit of her hair because I thought like. The way that the way that scene goes, like the hair comes off, but it cuts so quickly. She kind of goes ah, and then just runs out the car as if nothing's happened. It's like you just had a a good chunk of either your hair or your scalp off. You would be writhing in get, pain. Did she not get knifed in the car? Uh, yeah, she does get she gets stabbed she, in the car. Yes. Yeah, because she goes she goes to she goes to shoot him, and there's no bullets. This is for Loomis. Yeah. Yes. And then we get the yeah we get the the car door kill where Michael kicks open a car door because someone's shooting at him. It hits the gun in the woman's hand and she shoots herself in the head. And the weird thing about the weird thing with that is like see if see if this was like a like a a Jason Statham no sorry a rock something with a rock in it. And the rock did that. It'd be the coolest shit you'd ever seen, but because it's not because it's not a Halloween movie, it's just <laughs> dumb. Yeah. Well, another yeah. problem. Another problem with that scene kind of highlights in particular is the passage of time of this movie is yeah. completely non-existent. Like there's so yeah. much, ha- so much happens in it, but you've got no idea to kind of the time frame of it. Because like mm-hmm. the end of that scene is the the little girl from the original Halloween has ran away from Michael and she's hiding behind a tree. Aye. And Michael kind of walks over a bridge. So he's all he's moved past his course uh, and he's back on his course by that point in time. But when Tommy and that come back and find the bodies from that car kill, Michael's taking the time to tie two to a roundabout and tie one to a swing set. So did he do that straight after he killed them? How long was uh-huh. he? But he couldn't have done it because he chased that woman. Did he go back? Because if he went back across that bridge, he would have seen the woman. This yeah. logic, logic is absolutely out of the window. Yeah, he's a bit of an exhibitionist, which is another one thing we'll come on to. Yeah, yeah. Um, after that, we then get the uh, the death of Big John, and I'm assuming Little John dies. But this is one of the other worst lines in the movie. So Big John gets stabbed through the armpit and gets his eyeballs crushed, which I thought, again... Yeah, yeah, like the gore's really good. I've I've seen I've seen getting stabbed in the armpit 
quite in a few films, and it always looks like a dead sore one to take. I think it is. And, uh, and then, yeah, and then top of that, getting your eyes crushed as you're yeah. going to die in anyway. And then little John comes into the bedroom and sees Michael, and we get, Michael, you've come home. And I just, oh no. <laughs> it was delivered so yeah. And it just, uh, oh man. I know that's kind of. I think, I think they, they kind of. <clears throat> They make they make a comment later on in the film about how he's essentially he's a child in like a whatever age body that he is. Right, okay. So and I suppose if I'm not killing Tommy at the start, it kind of shows that he still has that in his mind he still sees himself as a child. So mm. it's maybe just it's the trappings of that that mm. that's why he likes to play the games. That's why he kills the way he kills. It's all very hide and seek. Yeah, and yeah. the way he does a lot of these kills, um, that he's still yeah, in that kind of childlike state. Yeah, but that doesn't really track with the rest of these kills throughout the rest of the movie, does it? Like, there's not really hide and seek kills as much. Mm. Like, I don't know. Like the, you know, the bit in the Big John and Little John kills mm-hmm. is feels a bit hide and seek, where they're yeah. doing their game of Marco Polo, going from room to room, yeah, and yeah. then they eventually find them. Um, the what I suppose Laurie's neighbours as well, where it's him kind of he's hiding in the bathroom. Yeah. Uh, there there is there is elements to it. There's yeah. there's a lot of elements in that. It's also where they, they talk about the strategy of how to find Michael as you have to play they say they have to play his game, uh where you think where he is should be where you think he's going to be next. That right. kind of thing. You have yeah. to think one step ahead of him as if it is a game. So uh, so it is that childlike quality, yeah. Still, yeah. Kind of well, but like everything else, it's never properly explored, so you don't know, you can't say for sure. At the same time, he's also killed Lonnie, and now Lonnie is in the loft, yes. Yeah, it's an, an off screen kill. Uh, and another one of them, and Cameron finds his dad dead in the loft because he gets dripped in blood, and Michael attacks him, beats the Ever loving shit out of him. <laughs> like, that just... that's of the very Jason Voorhees death of this yes. film. Yeah. Right. This is when he gets this is what we're talking about again, where he's kinda his nastiness and his uh, which does seem a bit kinda out of character for him. He beats Cameron, he smashes his throat against the broken banister, and then Allison shouts and tells to get his attention, to get him to come downstairs. And as he's walking down the stairs, he turns around and sees Cameron sitting there. And everyone knows what's going to happen then. He gets his neck snapped, I mean, twisted, by, for all intents and purposes, 180 degrees. And that's the point where you feel that that is the Jason one. That is the Friday the 13th over the top slasher, yeah, yeah, that it's become more than the subtle kind of stalkery, creepy guy hiding behind a bush that we had in the original, and he's went full for he's by that point, and he's I mean he's already done it by then anyway, and he's even done it to be fair, and the kind of twenty eighteen ones where he goes after like the the podcasters, but they've wound him up a wee bit mm-hmm. with his mask and things like that, and he's. Absolutely smashed that guy's jaw in the garage. <laughs> like if you remember that, where the guys yeah. basically get the top of his head and he's 
teeth are gone. And... But I find I find in the twenty eighteen ones a comparison uh, that that's done more as a way of intimidation. Like when he throws the teeth down at the at the woman, and she kind of sees what they are, it's to intimidate her that she knows she's going to get battered. Whereas in this, it's just. Oh, I'm just going to keep doing this. Uh, oh, look, uh, it's winding her up. I'll do it a wee bit more. And then we then get the bit where it starts to go potentially the way Halloween ends is going to go because Karen, Alison's mum, played by the ever-passable Judy Greer, um, stabs him with a pitchfork through the back, throws him onto the stairs and stamps on his head, then takes his mask. And she... Runs from him, leaves the mask in the middle of the road and the Haddonfield mobile there. We then have Michael get shot six times. He gets he gets battered first. And that's yeah, that's stuck in my crock because he would batter every single one of them. No chance he would have got the upper hand. Yeah. He's never been quick though, is he? He's quite a cumbersome lumbering. Yes, yes. So we're a big crowd, there's maybe ten of them. I don't know how many there is. Ah, but yeah, the, the problem. Uh, but you, you've seen, you've, you've, al- you've already seen them batter all those fire fire people. Yeah. So like yeah, you've already had the crowd scene that that's kind of that's kind of the mirroring of that yeah. and his capture at the start. Yeah, um, so when you've already seen him be an absolute monster and destroy those people, a bunch of townsfolk with some two by fours who are all fatties are are not <laughs> <laughs> are not going to cause them any difficulty. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it does. So again, it's the inconsistencies in the movie just don't they don't add up. So they beat him up, um, they stab him, they shoot him six times from point blank range in the chest and in the arm, and and then Karen takes a knife and stabs him in the neck or kind of in the spine. No, it's more the kind of shoulder blade. Yeah, shoulder blade? yeah. So. I mean, I think she should have taken a leaf out of what Thanos told Thor at the end of Infinity War and gone for the head. Why does nobody ever go for the head? Obviously, you wouldn't maybe then have Halloween ends, but you get nothing. Why why would you not? I suppose at that point, then they're going to, someone's going to go up and shoot him in the head after that. The, The police officer who has the, everyone's entitled to one good scare line. Who's I think is the same officer. It is, the same yeah, it's well. the same guy, yeah. And then we get a a second uh, Laurie Strode monologue, in which she explains how every time Michael kills someone, he transcends a bit more. How does she know that? Genuine question, because she only knows Michael from the ten minutes going by this movie's canon. The 10 minutes from the end of the first Halloween, her experience with him in the 2018 Halloween, which is a bit more, where she got this whole idea that it transcends. I, w- I would <laughs> imagine that, although it's not, I don't think they, can, they say it in 2018 or even in this one, that in the time, the time that has passed from him being captured at the end of Halloween 1, to 2018 that she will have been debriefed by Polis and will no right. doubt have had to speak to Dr. Loomis at some point. And, and Loomis, Loomis is a mentalist, but in, so he will have transferred that over. Mm-hmm. And to a certain degree in Hall- Halloween 1, mm-hmm. is there not a scene with her and Loomis? No, it's always Loomis and the Polis, isn't it? Yeah, 
Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't really interact with her until very right at the yeah. end. So I would imagine that that's kind of the unwritten is that she that that information will have got to her at wow. some at some point. Uh, they're they're going they're they're, they're going, going down. They're kind of going down the line of like your Curse of Michael Myers stuff, yeah, which is yeah. more about how he is kind of more of a supernatural being. Because mm-hmm. if I'm remembering correctly, he was born, he was born to a cult, the cult of Sahane or something like that. Is it the cult it's, of Thorn? Yeah, or maybe that cult of Thorn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, um. So I think the if they're going down that line, they'll probably just get stupider. And then we get the um the again another shot, another scene that could have been great when Michael gets back up and murders the Haddonfield mob. Aye, battles and the shoes I done in the first place. Aye, he just <laughs> slices them all the fuck. <laughs> this I thought was terribly shot as well. It was shot almost like Mortal Kombat kill scenes. Yeah. Yeah, it looks really? I think that is actually the deliberate choice. And to be fair. There's one good shot at that. It's where he's kind of he spins Tommy around, and the shot is kind of at the faces. So you see Tommy's face, and he's looking all shocked, and mm-hmm. it's him looking directly into Michael's eyes. But all it is, yeah. Michael's eyes is just these black holes. Okay, right. and I thought that that was a decent shot. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that fight is pretty rubbish. Right, it's just I, I just thought it was it was. Um... Could have been better. It's, I suppose it's kind of just meant to be through um, car lights, and they've just went through yeah. that, and it's, it kind of just makes it look a bit cheap. Um, then we get Tommy gets his head bashed by a baseball bat with a lot of blood um, after Michael finishes him, um, and it leads pretty much to the final scene, which still with Laurie's monologue going over the top. Karen, for a reason unknown to me. Decides to go into Michael's house and go to the bedroom. Now, I don't think she's seen anything. Is there no. a hint that she sees somebody in that? No, room? She sees she's young Michael in the window. Yeah, aye. See, there's there's a, like a ghostly figure of my young Michael. That wouldn't make you go up the stairs. <laughs> Fuck that. I've seen a ghost. I better go up and have a look. <laughs> aye, aye. horror trope one hundred and one. Don't follow where you see you see something. She's looking through the mirror. Uh, the mirror. She's looking through the window, and Michael appears behind her, and then another kind of rubbish kill scene. And yeah, and thankfully that's Judy Greer's contractual obligations. Or <laughs> you guys have walk away now. Thank God. It's this strangely cut death, a human death. Surely yeah. she's not surviving that. She's not Michael Myers, for fuck's sake. Um, maybe, maybe she's the new Michael Myers. That's your end's kill. I was so worried that somehow they were going to come up with the fact that Karen is maybe Michael's son or something fucking weird like that. You don't know her dad. And I just thought there was going to be something weird. Like, I, I wasn't sure. I just had a worry. That, <laughs> yeah, some sort of weird connection again. Like, that's a wreck on that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Karen dies, Michael's standing at the window as he was back in 1978 in Haddonfield. And then we get the theme tune. We get the closing credits, thankfully. And I watched this movie twice. twice. Why? I, I know you're paying, Andy. I watched The Predator twice. 
Because uh, I, I, ju- I, I just <laughs> I just had to understand it. And yeah. it's yeah. I think it's safe to say we basically all really dislike this movie. Although Neil seemed to defend it quite a lot. So how long have you liked Halloween kills for Neil? Yeah. Oh no, it's a ter- it's a terrible, terrible movie. But I I try and find positives in yeah. a lot of bad stuff. And because yeah. I, I understand that movies are hard to make. Mm-hmm. And a lot of effort does go into them, even when they're absolutely terrible. And yeah, and whilst I was, to quote, perhaps as in the kitchen uh, co-host Tommy Vass, I was bitterly disappointed by this film. <laughs> there were still moments where I was kind, not so much with it, but I was kind of laughing at it and, mm-hmm. and enjoying moments of it. But they're just yeah. so few and far between that you yeah, could never ever defend it as being a bad, a good bad film. It's a yeah. bad bad film. Yeah, definitely. Are you on the same lines? Yeah, like, I, like I wanted <clears throat> when I went to see you on Friday, I wanted it to, I wanted to be proved wrong. I thought I don't look. I'm not excited for this movie. It'll be shit. And I really, really wanted to be like, right, okay. There's maybe this, that maybe this will re- have some redeeming qualities, and and the gore does redeem it to like like a two percent. Mm-hmm. Like it, but I wouldn't have, I wouldn't watch it again. Like it, I wouldn't watch the first one, 2018 again. Right, okay. Because it that just doesn't have the same sort of like impact that, like mm-hmm. I like I would watch Halloween two. The the is Halloween two, before I'd watch. Any of these ones now, I would just, I, I would, I prefer watching them because I think they just get something more, something more about those early ones. I would, I would, two is decent. I, I like two. Yeah, two is decent. It gets a lot of shit, but um, for for being something that John Carter maybe didn't want to, want to do, it was still a pretty decent movie. It kind of came out, and we all talk about how. Much freeze is an amazing movie because it's just it's so bonkers and interesting. It's just like if they'd done if if they'd come back and they'd just done that, like it done an anthology movie kind of thing, that would have been a lot better. Yeah. I think mm. I think I would if there was like if say for instance Ford, Ford was it kind of, the Ford season the which was it the jumping off point to other anthology movies, would we have as much of an issue if there was a different this wasn't Michael Myers in it for instance or being been 12 different takes on Halloween, but with different mm-hmm. things a different mm-hmm. theme to everyone. Yeah. Um, Especially nowadays when the anthology series seems to be quite a, a popular Yeah, it do. does seem like look at VHS, look at like things that like keep showing Shudder and mm-hmm. Holiday, Holidays was a good one I watched a couple of years ago. That's yeah. a really good one, anthology yeah. movie. But um, I just think it's just, it just suffered from being like the middle movie, and sometimes the middle movie can be really good. Mm-hmm. Empire Strikes Back, mm-hmm. yeah, Godfather Part Two, Terminator Two. Yeah, if the movie makers would maybe just maybe let loose a wee bit, and not I feel like they were taking it really seriously. If they had yeah. maybe taken themselves a bit less serious, but I suppose oh, I didn't feel that this film took itself seriously at all. I thought it did. I, I think. Oh, I think. I think in terms of his messaging, it took itself seriously, but how it delivered that message, at no point did I think was particularly... I felt a lot of it was quite tongue-in-cheek. Unintentionally. 
but uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. So they're they're not doing it intentionally. So, like, but but I don't think it was unintentionally. Maybe the wrong word for it because while it wasn't intentional, I don't think any real effort was to make it feel okay. like this is this is strong groundbreaking emotional cinema. Mm. Yeah. No, no, of course, of course. So wrapping up, um, obviously next year we've got around about the same time. We've got Halloween ends, or does it? Um, coming out. Maybe. Maybe. Does Halloween really end? Um, no, it'll be coming anthology series after that. <laughs> Do you see this going the way of the what's the word? Where it goes to the curse of Michael Myers? Do you think we're going to the supernatural elements of Michael now? Um, I, I don't know because this one they seem to be kind of grounding it a bit more in reality. Um, in terms of the kind of the the feel of the world, like I know you like the whole thing about Laurie Strode not being in it uh, for that much, and they're not having this kind of face off in the last ten to ten fifteen minutes. I actually quite liked that when she gave herself the the painkiller injection, she got up, she had about three minutes, and then reality kicked <laughs> in, where mm-hmm. you've just had major surgery, you get to your bed, you old dear. Um, so that didn't really bother me. What I would like, what I would like to see, is them to Freddy versus Jason the shit out of the next one, where yeah. because it's already dumb now, just really lean into that yeah. um, and make it that kind of schlocky kind of big fight fuel film that it kind of really needs to be. You mean like have like, cor- yeah. like have like corn on the soundtrack? Yeah, I do that. Or Skrillex. Yeah, yeah, something like <laughs> Mushroom Head. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I, Bring my head personally, eyes I think it'd be a bit more into the I think, they might, um, I think they might go down a more supernatural route with them, just the way they're talking about the transcendent thing again. Mm. Never know, but I think potential for that. I don't know. If, uh, I'm not even sure if they know where they're going to go, but apparently they did. But I really do or not. I'm not hundred percent sure. Mm. Yeah. But so that is us for our spoiler special of Halloween Kills, plus a wee recommendation each from us for a horror movie to watch this Halloween. Um the next episode we are following the unparalleled career of Judy Greer. And we're going to cover the war for the planet of the apes, the final part of the Apes trilogy, the Matt Reeves trilogy. Um, and that will be out in a couple of weeks' time. Um, really looking forward to that. We'll probably have Mike and Paul back for that one as well. And that will be us more into the kind of regular content for the episodes in the podcast. Um, what we're going to do is every week we pick a movie based on an actor from the previous episode and look at their back catalogue as long as it sticks with comic books, sci-fi or horror and we'll go from there. I don't think we're ever going to have to pick um, Judy Greer again for Halloween Ends. I've got a feeling she might not turn up in that. No. So it's a shame. I, I wouldn't 
I wouldn't uh, put money on that. I wouldn't put money on it. I think she's going to come yeah. back like Obi Obi Wan Kenobi at the end of it. Like just to be yeah. a spooky ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a ghost now. Murder, <laughs> murder loads of younglings. Maybe like go yeah, Anakin. It'll be, it'll be like Candyman. She'll be she'll be the new Michael Myers. Yeah, she'll be. Yeah, yeah it'll be a better film than Halloween Kills. Um, it's been great guys Neil where can everyone find you and obviously your other podcast as well uh, my other podcast is Raptors in the Kitchen we can be found on pretty much all your podcast feeds uh, where we don't really have a schedule so to speak of it so it'll appear when it appears uh, other than that I'm around I'm easily found fair enough Larry uh, you can find me on Total Deathmatch on Instagram, totaldeathmatch.com, where I write about wrestling, uh, mostly indie wrestling. Uh, I've not been writing for about a year, but I'm back back on Saturday to have to cover some more lovely ghoulish deathmatch wrestling. So you can find me there, and you can find me Total Deathmatch on Twitter as well. Magic. And you can find the podcast at where is nowhere and nowhere spelled k-n-o-w-h-e-r-e and my twitter is nowhere andy again spelt the same way with the nowhere thing um this has been the second episode and covering halloween kills my enthusiasm <laughs> i've been your host andy connor and just don't watch halloween kills cheers bye bye bye, bye. Thank mm-hmm. you.